But I felt in my heart today uh, to talk about declarations of the Lord's table or declarations of uh, communion. Now, I want you to look in Hebrews chapter 1, uh, verses 1 and 2. Now, I'm trying not to speak too long in this first service because at a certain time when this is over with, we need to bring the fogger in and make sure all the chairs are, uh, you know, sanitized for the next service. But how many of you believe God with me today? Amen. Hebrews 1 says, God who at various times and in various ways spoke in past, time past, to the fathers by the prophets. Well, we know that he did so through the prophets of the Old Testament. He spoke through many, many people throughout the covenants. But now notice in verse 2, it says, has in these last days spoken to us by his son whom he has appointed heir of all things through whom also he made the worlds so he's still speaking to us today he's speaking to us through his word he's speaking to us by the power and the presence of the holy spirit but another way that he speaks to you and i he speaks to us through the Lord's Supper. He speaks through us through the communion table. How many of you know the communion was never intended to be a ritualistic dead thing? But no, thank God, there are some declarations of the Lord's table, of communion, that if we'll open our heart today and we'll have ears to hear. Our lives will be better than they were, praise God, before we came. Amen? And so thank God, these symbols of communion, the bread, and of course the grape juice that we use, they don't represent an ideology. These are symbols, my dear brothers and sisters, of action and of great substance. This, these communion elements speak to you and I a very bold message of what Jesus did, what we have already today because of Him. And not only that, what we can look forward to because of His promised return. So we could say this, communion speaks to you and I of the past, the present, and the future. Because of what Jesus did, in fact, affects our past. How many of you have been affected, glory to God, by what Jesus did in your past? Amen. Amen. But not only affects our past, but oh, thank God, it will absolutely affect our future. Oh, hallelujah. How many of you know we're not always going to be doing this? Praise God. There's coming a day where the trumpet's going to sound. And soon and very soon, you and I are going to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. But not only that, we're not always going to be doing this in socially distance. We're not always going to have to be wearing masks because we're calling COVID-19 dead in Jesus' name. And we're calling this church filled and running over. Don't be moved by the numbers that you don't see. There's hundreds of people right now watching online. I'm telling you, Heart of the Bay Christian Center is alive. Heart of the Bay Christian Center is well. We're not going down. We're going up and we're going over and we're going up one day all the way. Hallelujah. And so God just wants us to know that he's got us. 
He's got us. Not only for the here and now, but He's got you and I covered for all of eternity. Did you know that He is the God who inhabits eternity? The Passion Translation says this, For this is what the High and Majestic One says, the One who fills the eternal realm with glory. He is the God who is from everlasting to everlasting. The Passion says, Long before you gave birth to the earth and before the mountains were born, you have been from everlasting to everlasting, the one and the only true God. Glory to God. He is the great I am. He is not the great has been. He is not the great will be. He is the great I am. The children of Israel and even Pharaoh were wondering who it is that sent you. And Moses said this, oh, glory to God. And God said to Moses, I am that I am. And he said, thou shalt say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me unto you. And so he can speak authoritatively to us through his word. Amen. I love the book of Titus. It's a great book. I'd like for you to look there, if you could, this morning, to Titus chapter 1. It says, For the grace of God that brings salvation, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. That speaks of the past. Verse 12, Teaching us that denying all ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously and godly in this present age. So we see the past and we see the present. But now notice with me in verse 13. It says, looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. This speaks of our glorious future. And so as we receive communion, Today, let us look at some bold declarations about the past, about the present, and about the future. From 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 32, this captures the heart of communion. Paul is writing to the church at Corinth, and he said, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, he took the bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Verse 25, just keep with me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after the supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats this bread and drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner 
eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep or die prematurely. But oh, thank God, if we will judge ourselves, guess what? We'll not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord that, that he may not, that we may not be condemned with the world. So I see three things here we want to take a look at. Number one, communion declares something about your past. We are told right here in the context of 1 Corinthians chapter 11, remember what Jesus redeeming death has done for you. How many of you can testify with me today that the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ is the most significant event in human history? It means that God established the means whereby you and I can enter into covenant with Him as we believe and we receive His Word. You think about blood covenants. If you've ever done a study on blood covenants, it's absolutely fascinating. Historically, a blood covenant is what is termed as an unbreakable covenant. And this covenant is always based on blood. And what happens when a covenant is made between two parties or maybe even two tribes, it results in an absolute union of two parties. Now listen to this very carefully. In which all assets, all talents, all debts... All liabilities are mutually shared. Think about that. This agreement of unity is worked out so carefully. It's defined by pledges and promises that each one make to another. Well, thank God I just dropped by to tell you that through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, we have a covenant with God. He took all our debts. He took all our liabilities. And we received all of his assets and we have received all of his blessings. And so when we talk about remembering the past, we're talking about focusing on Jesus. Everyone say Jesus two times. Focusing on him. Fixed on Christ. Unlimited. Glory to God. Blessings in our lives. How many of you know that the world can't figure it out? The world just cannot get away from their past. Why? Because they haven't received what Jesus has done for them in the past. The most significant thing in my life and in your life, it's not what you did. It's not what may have been done to you, but it's what he has done for you. Woo, hallelujah. And I, I can almost hear the organ right now. And if God be for you, who can be against you? If the Lord's on your side, what difference does it make what man may say? If the Lord be for you, glory to God, you're going to make it. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loves us. Put your hand over your heart and say, I believe that. And I receive your unfailing love for me. Hallelujah. I feel like preaching right now.
I tell you, because of what he did, we've been forgiven. We've been cleansed. We've been made new creations. We have been made accepted by God. We're sons of God, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. And so we see our past has been absolutely, dynamically, wonderfully affected. Oh, hallelujah. But these elements that we're talking about today declare things also about the present. Number two, communion declares something about our present. You see, what he did in your past affects your present. Because if you find in the word of God what he hath done, and you take what he hath done, and you say, be it unto me, done unto me, according to your word, it's going to affect your present. Now, the Bible says he hath redeemed us. But how many of you know he still is redeeming us? The scripture says, by his stripes, you were healed. That's in the past. But I like what Fred Price says, if you were healed, you are healed. And if you are healed, you is healed. And that's the word of God. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. So let's talk about the present here for a moment. Because of the covenant that we have with God, God has made certain promises. Now listen to this. Regarding his abiding presence and his power in our lives. For example, you're all familiar with this verse of scripture, Hebrews 13, 15. And we're going to pull it up in the Amplified. But it says there, he will never leave us nor forsake us. Amen? Now, I want you to notice what the scripture says in verse 6, actually. I messed up. Verse 6 of Hebrews 13. Glory to God. Now notice this. The Lord is my helper. I will not be seized with alarm. I will not fear or dread to be terrified. What can man do unto me? Glory to God. Say it with me. He will never leave me or forsake me. And you know, actually that was Hebrews 13, whatever, 15. But I'll get it right next service. You pray for the pastor. Amen. Glory to God. Is it 13.6? Okay. So communion not only speaks of the redemptive work of the Lord Jesus in the past. Now listen to this. But it also speaks of God's keeping power. Everyone say keeping power. His keeping power for us now. Aren't you glad he kept you? Aren't you glad He's keeping you. The best way to live right now and every day for the rest of our lives is to live by faith. We must not yield to the spirit of fear because the spirit of fear would paralyze us. The spirit of fear would keep us down and hold us back. Now, we use wisdom for the season we're in. You know, I've been quite a few places and I'm practicing wearing my mask and sometimes, you know, if I'm at a drive-in, I'll put my glove on and hand them my, you know, ATM. So we're using wisdom, but we must not allow the spirit of fear to, to close us down. Amen. I would just remind you lovingly today, God's given you the spirit of faith. 
And it's the opposite of the spirit of fear. And so a person with the spirit of faith conducts themselves much differently than a person with the spirit of fear. You see, a person with the spirit of faith has their foundation built on the rock, the solid rock, a firm foundation. Amen? A person with the spirit of faith has heard the sayings of Jesus and actually does them and acts on them. And because they hear them and speak them and do them, he keeps your foundation firm when the flood comes and when the storm arises. But the person with the spirit of fear is at a great disadvantage. Why is that? Because remember this, that Job said, the thing which I have greatly, what? The thing I greatly feared has come upon me. So we could say it this way, that fear licenses the enemy, but faith gives God an opportunity to show up and to show out in our life. So say with me, I've not been given a spirit of fear, but I have the spirit of faith. So there's keeping power. Keeping power. John 10, 29 says this, My Father who has given to me is greater than all. We sing a song, greater. And no one is able to snatch the, them out of my Father's hand. 2 Timothy 1.12 says, For this reason I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed. For I know in whom I have believed. And I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him until that day. Now here's a verse of scripture. You should mark this down. Have this be a part of your meditation many times throughout the month. I love this. In 1 Peter 1, 5, it says that you and I are kept. He's keeping us presently. We are kept by the power of God, which is the anointing of God, through faith for salvation or deliverance, ready to be revealed in the last time. Woo, glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm not looking at a pickled per people today. I'm looking at a kept people. Amen. In Jude 24, this is another one. Man, this, this message is full of good scriptures. Whether you realize it or not, you're getting fed today. In Jude 24, it says, Now to him who is able to keep you and I from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. So now these are two sides to the same coin. This issue of keeping. Certainly God keeps us, but how many of you know that you and I have a responsibility to keep ourselves as well? Some says we do? Absolutely we do. There's a lot of scriptures in the Bible that tells us to keep ourselves pure, to keep ourselves holy. In Jude verse 21, it says this, how about this? Keep yourself in the love of God. How many of you know that can be a full-time job? <laughs> Keep yourself in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And then in 1 John 5, 18, it says, We know that whoever is born of God, and we're all born of God in this place, does not sin or does not practice sinning as a way of life. But he who has been born of God, what does he do? He keeps himself. And what's the result 
of his keeping power keeping you and you holding yourself in check and keeping yourself. The result is, and the wicked one does not touch you. Point to yourself and say this, as I keep myself under his keeping power, the wicked one cannot touch me. Woo, hallelujah. So what are we talking about? We're talking about the Lord's table is a declaration of our presence. It declares that we're kept by the power of God. In 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-eight, it says this, but let a man do what? You know, the Bible does not say anything about you judging your brother or judging your sister. Amen? I'm not to examine what's going on in your life. If I see something that's going on in your life, I'm to pray. Right? Amen? And uh, our main responsibility is to examine ourselves. You see, communion is not only a time of celebration, but it's also a time of examination. And what does that mean? Well, we ask ourselves questions like this. Am I walking in love? Am I discerning the Lord's body? Am I seeing the fact that by his stripes I'm healed? Am I discerning the call of God on my life? So he says, Pastor Mark, I know you're called. You're up here behind the pulpit. Every one of you are called. You're a chosen generation. We all have a call of God on our life to minister. Amen? The next question we can ask ourselves, are we walking in the ways of God and shunning evil? Are we walking in obedience to the will of God? And lastly, number three, communion declares something about our future. Ooh, glory to God. I'm going to say it again. I, I kind of feel that organ tuning up one more time. <laughs> communion, it declares something about our future. Remind you of verse 26 of 1 Corinthians 11. For as oft as you eat this bread and drink of this cup, you do proclaim. This is, you're, you're making a proclamation today. You made a bold proclamation by coming to church today. Yeah. I commend you. Now that doesn't mean you're not, that doesn't mean you're any better than the ones that are watching online. No, 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 no. But I commend you for being here today. How many of you have been hungry, glory to God, for being back in church? Yeah. Obviously. You proclaim. This is a proclamation. Jesus is coming soon. Morning or night or noon. The master's coming for his church. Now listen to this. The word proclaim means to declare, to preach, to show, to announce, and to publish. These elements that we're about to receive in a few moments not only stand for what he did, but they proclaim and foretell the fact that Jesus is coming again. When Jesus instituted this glorious ordinance of communion, he did so with a prophetic element. In Matthew 26 and verse 29, it says, But I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine from now until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus did not just come to remove our sinful past. 
He did not just come to provide us with his presence, but he also came to give us a glorious future. And so in a very real sense, communion is a remembrance of a past events. But in another sense, it's the foretelling of a future event. We could say it this way. We might look at it this way. You and I are involved in a progressive dinner. See, what we partake of this day, this morning, is just the appetizer. But oh, the main meal. I said the main meal. The main meal is going to be served in Father's house. In Revelation 19.9, he says this. Blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Do you have your reservation? Have you called on the name of the Lord? And he said to me, these are the true sayings of God. You see, when you and I realize and believe that he's coming again, it has a very, very powerful impact on our lives. In 1 John chapter 3 and verse 1 through 3, how am I doing today? Y'all, y'all good? Are y'all good? Okay. 1 John 3 verses 1 through 3 says this, Beloved, now we are the children of God. Say it with me, I'm a child of God. And it says, But it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when He is revealed, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. And everyone who has this hope in Him purifies himself just as He is pure. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 